0: Hey, I'm Shay.
1: And I'm Michelle, and this is The Pantry Podcast, and you're listening to an episode from Season 4, Unnaturally Nourished, where we're talking about how God nourishes us in ways that the world just can't understand.
0: And we want to give shout-outs to War Cry Network,
1: the Christian Podcasts Association,
0: Eternity Ready Radio,
1: and the Spark Collective. We want to meet you guys, so go to the slash Zoom to sign up for our very first Zoom chat happening Wednesday, April 7th in the evening Eastern Standard Time. See you there.
0: All right, man. Hey, what's up? Hi. This is a awesome opportunity that we have tonight.
1: I know. I'm I've been excited about this episode for a while. It's been on the books for a few weeks, so
0: right, right. It's and been simmering, like like a crockpot.
1: Do I guess? Yeah, I was about to be like, do crockpot simmer. That shows how much more Shay's <laughs> in the kitchen than me.
0: That's my <laughs> hey, the pantry podcast, right? Yeah, but you know, tonight we're 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 talking about eat what is good. Um, the parable of the great supper came to me in Luke fourteen. Here's this guy, you know, he's putting on this feast. He's invited all of these people. He sends his servant out. You know, it's all prepared, it's ready. He's like, "Hey, go out, get them." I mean, obviously there was a response because why would he send the servant out to go get these people and say, "Hey, it's time to come and eat," right? Right. And then all of a sudden, the excuses start to fly. It's like, oh, you know. I just got married or, you know, I got to check on my oxen or this land. Right. It's all these weird things. You know, it's like, come on, man. But you know what? These are the excuses that we, we even. Oh yeah. At some I hear point. weird ones like that. Too. Right. 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 <laughs> and even I, I use this sometimes. I mean, I'm at the supper table, but let me just tell you something. I use excuses, but these are these excuses. We're talking about that first step coming to the table, coming to eat. And here he is getting rejected. He's like, the sermon comes back, He goes, they're not coming. Right. They're not coming. Well, the master gets angry, of course. He's like, okay, fine. You know what? Go out on the streets. Yeah. Man, find the blind. Find the people who are lost. Find, find the people who are in need. And he comes back and it's still it's not full. These people are coming in though. and still not full. So he goes, get back out there. Go, go on the roadways and just, just find people. Well, these people come and they eat from the table. See, that was our life. You know, we were sitting out there in the road. We were lost. We were blind. We were out there out there in the void. Yeah. And then we came to this calling. Right. And we said, you know what, Lord, I want to feast with you. I want to be with you. And so tonight's guest is one of those people who finally decided, you know, in her life to be at that table.
1: Yeah, tonight we have Brenna Blaine. And I say tonight because we're recording tonight, but you could be listening (laughs) at any time. But we have Brenna Blaine who hosts Can I Say That, which is a Christian podcast that asks questions that many don't normally ask in church. We might, because you know we're the pantry, but,
2: uh, and she definitely does.
1: And these are awesome. The topics on her show make some cringe, right? And some lean in eagerly, but most importantly, it gets everybody turning back towards the word to figure out what the answer is, because these are some really good, solid
2: questions so welcome to the pantry brenna yeah welcome hey you guys thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to talk tonight That's oh yeah we all are so, yeah so
0: hold on where where where? what part of the world are you in
2: i am in vancouver washington oh, in Pacific cool. okay West.
0: awesome awesome i spent a lot of time out there so yeah, yeah. uh I actually watched this day. I learned how to wash my car in the rain, play basketball in the Mm -hmm. rain, do everything in the rain. You just learn how to do it in the rain. You're like, okay, you know, uh, and I never had the problems a lot of people had because I was like, I'll just do it in the rain. But uh, Mm -hmm. that's cool. It's cool to know you're from there. It's cool to have you on the show. Um, And we're talking about feasts. You know, we're talking about eat what is good. I know that you probably have a story about coming to that table.
2: So I I grew up in a Christian household. My parents were actually pastors for the first couple years of my life. And my dad was a a really gifted speaker. And so he would get uh, hired to kind of come into these churches that were maybe dying and help them kind of bring it back to life, uh, bring more people in. And so because of that, we moved around a lot. I think that also was probably a, a Something that played into my parents getting burnt out on ministry because I think by the time I was four or five, my dad decided to not be a pastor anymore, and so um, I I knew the Bible, I knew who Jesus was, I knew who God was, I knew everything, just going down the list of Christianity, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And as I got older, um, I was you know I was in church every weekend. Let's see, right before I turned ten. My grandma had passed away from cancer, and in my life, she was someone who's really, really just always talked about God. Like I'm, I was always like, why is she always talking about God? Like why is she always bring it up? But because she walked with God, right. like that was her life, and so that was really, really hard. And then a few months later, my dad moved out of the house. He didn't really know. And then about a month after that, I ended up being molested by a, practically a stranger in my life, and so. I went through uh, a lot of trauma in a really short amount of time. Here's one um, male figure in my life who abused me. And then my father figure was out of the house. He wasn't around. I'm probably the classic example of someone who went, okay, what do you what do you mean by God is my father? Because mm. um, this, this doesn't make sense to me. And so my parents um, actually ended up staying married and, and they have a really beautiful redemption story within that. But for me, I didn't find... Um, peace for a long time with my with my father, and my parents didn't know that I was molested, and so I went through. By the time I was in middle school, I was um, self harming and I was really really depressed, and because I had this huge discomfort and this distrust of men, um, and I was I, I knew I was attracted to women. So at this really young age, I was like, wow, I this probably means that I'm gay. Like this is the conclusion that I'm coming to in my, in my head. And so that was really scary. My parents never talked disrespectfully or rude or offensive to say about the LGBTQ community, but there wasn't a lot of conversation there. And then at, in my faith community, in my churches, the only conversation I was ever hearing was, "Um, this is wrong and, and that's it. And so as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, I'm I'm damned. Like that's that's it. I'm damned to hell. That's what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. And so I started having conversations with some um really close friends who I could trust. And they said, you know, whatever you do, like we support you. We're here for you. And so as I went through high school, I started, um, I was like, oh, I'll just try dating guys and see how that goes. And I I didn't really wanna come out. So I, I did that and it just didn't really work out. And I'm just wrestling, wrestling, wrestling with this idea of um, do I do what the world says, which is like, do what makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt other people, which I, I knew pursuing relationships with women would make me happy. Or do I do what I think the Bible says, which is to deny my flesh. And for me, there wasn't a lot of theological, like searching at that point. It was kind of just, uh, this is the, the conservative view. And so I'm going to take that and, and go with that. But I also, what I didn't realize at the time is I was wrestling with, do I go with what the world says will make me happy or do I go with peace? Mm -hmm. And I think contrasting the world around me and living this lifestyle that even contrasts with my flesh will give me peace. Mm. I want to say when I was 17, that's when I made that decision. Just a, a very small amount of people knew. Like at that point, my parents still didn't know and um, and so I was like, okay, may, maybe I'll never get married. Maybe I'll, I'll never fall in love. But peace is so much more important to me in this relationship with God. And all I know is that I, I rather live on this path, right? We, it's It's referred to as the narrow path right. with what I believe is walking me towards holiness than just go with the world. And so through a lot of different things that happened, um, partly some of it was coming to reconciliation with my dad and having hard conversations, but really good conversations about, you know, why did he leave and, um, how that affected me. Uh, and then conversations with my therapist, just wrestling with God. And then I also had a, a change on marriage. I was, I don't think marriage is about me being happy either. Yeah. Um, cause I, I don't really see that, but I do think marriage is about becoming more holy as well. And um, I met someone who really was my best friend and I thought, you know, why not live the rest of my life with my best friend and doing ministry with my best friend? So I did end up, end up marrying a man and that's not a lot of people's stories who are same-sex attracted, but that that's part of mine. And, and then it was probably when I got engaged was when I started saying, okay, I need to figure this out theologically for myself and, and did all of that work. But <laughs> throughout everything that happened, I ended up in ministry, I'm a Christian speaker, and I work with primarily youth. Uh, I love high schoolers; that's like my main age—high schoolers and uh, college students—and and so now th- this is this is where I am.
0: I like that. I like that. She came to the banquet table. Right. I mean, we don't always understand that. We don't always understand wh- where that is. I mean, we come into this, I think, God bless you for coming in at 17 years old. It took me to 41, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but same, same backgrounds, you know, it's kind of like a perspective of God, a perspective of father, not quite understanding who that father is. Um, and instead of just saying, okay, you know, you've like. I didn't come to Christ either, man. Like that, like, like, I mean, I came to Christ early, but then I always felt condemned. I always felt like I had to hide in the garden. I always felt like, you know, I wasn't worthy enough or holy enough. You know, I thought it had, it was based on my merit. Um, and that's cool to hear this. It's kind of cool to hear the story of of someone who went through this, this idea and and had to dig in deep and, and, and come to God, even in that, like, I don't know everything, but I'm going to trust you.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for sharing your story. I think, the parallels between you and Shay's stories are amazing in so many ways, um, down to the ages. But, but one thing that when I was listening, it, it made me think of, it's in Psalms. I think I wrote it down. Yeah. In Psalm 25, 9, it says, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. I was like, she chose to eat what is good. She humbled herself enough to say, maybe I'll never have this, this thing that everyone kind of folds into their future fantasy, right? Like we all grow mm-hmm. up like that just seems like it's the norm to to take any of those things and kind of put them at the, I'll say mercy of God is so humble and so powerful. And to see where you are now, not saying that, yeah, and see if you, if you do all that, you will get married. Cause I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one of the big people who will tell you, He don't promise everybody a marriage to anyone but himself. Right. Mm. But but to see the work in you, the ability that you have to reach youth, your Mm, passion for that. I know you have um, an, Mm. an awesome toddler, a little older than our little baby girl. But but all of these things, The the one thing that in that story that I was still wondering is you went from your grandmother passing away and you kind of being like, who is this God? And then fast forward to high school and you were saying, I wanted to lay my life down for Christ pretty much and and take this piece. There's something that happened in between. Where was that click where you're like, I'm not going to eat of the
2: world's table. I'm going to eat of God's. I got dragged to a youth group. I was going to a church for a really long time and I had a really hard time making friends. It just didn't happen. And one of my best friends is super social. I found out later it was because of a boy that she liked there. But <laughs> she was like, hey, we should go check out this youth group. I was it was the end of eighth grade. And we went, and I thought it was really, really good, but it was also the end of eighth grade. And so they transitioned over summer. And she went to the high school youth group and I didn't go. And at the end of summer, she was like, Hey, I really think you should come. I really think you would like it. And I went and I, I got out of the car. I was like at someone's farm. The youth pastor was there. And he asked me what my name was and he asked me where I went to school. And then that night after group was over, I got invited to be in like a small group, which had never happened to me before. And I was like, this is so weird. Like people want to hang out with me. And like, there's a little bit of like, well, maybe it's like an obligation. But then the next week I went back and, and the youth pastor remembered my name. Oh, wow. And that was huge for me. And um, his name is John Sieber. And he ended up, he actually ended up marrying my husband and I, uh-huh. and he's one of the greatest influences I have in my life. And, every single week I I had, there's John and then my small group leader, Emily. And I brought a lot of drama and a lot (laughs) of like, I got in trouble a few times at this youth group. Okay. And I was like scared. I remember John actually had to call my parents one week because I was um, like, I really struggled with suicide Mm. during high school. And I was talking to my youth group leader and they ended up calling John and John ended up calling my parents. And I was like, so embarrassed and so ashamed. And I remember going to youth group that weekend and like avoiding him and like not trying to not make eye contact. And I just remember he came up to me and he said, Brenna, I'm so glad you're here. Mm. And like that, like when I think about that, I have to like keep myself from weeping mm. because the first three years of high school that I was there, I maybe missed like only four nights of youth group, but I was there actively like opposed to God and this idea of God and was just like, I don't even know, but I'm here. Cause my parents want me to be here, but I'm also here because I feel loved and accepted here that when I look back, I just see this picture of who God is actively mm. in my life. And so wait a second, this is the community that God called me to. Like this wow. is an active picture of who God is and my questions they were, they were embraced there. Like people really wanted to wrestle with the questions that I asked. And I was invited to be on the worship team and I was invited to help lead. And it wasn't like, well, you need to have your act together and you need to have these things figured out. It was like, no, we're here for you. The way that I was interacted with there and the way that I was pastored while I was there was just like, Oh, this is who God is. This is who Jesus is.
0: Wow. That's, that's power. no, that's, that's power. I mean, We've we've been hearing this this saying a lot that sometimes as believers we're the closest thing that anyone would ever see to the Bible, mm. and you know when I think of that I think of First John two six where it says whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. These people that interacted with you, like you know your youth pastor, it's amazing. Here you come in ready to be shamed, ready to be condemned, ready to just be rejected. And He puts on Christ, mm. because Christ doesn't reject us. He's looking at us and saying, "No, child, just come, mm. just come." If you don't have that, you could walk for a really long time. Or if the wrong people come into your life, you could you could walk wrong for a long time. We're so similar, girl. I'm telling <laughs> you, like like we got to sit down on the side. I want this is your show. This is your show, <laughs> not my show. But we'll have to sit down after this and talk about this because we roll the same. Mm from nine years old. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. We roll the same. Unfortunately, I didn't have that in my life. So I went to the army, the army became that life. And so that's why the, the, the long stay away till 41 until, you know, you get to that point in life where you're just like, fine, God, Mm. fine. I'm done. Okay. Here I am. What are you going to do? I was cocky. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, come on now, show me. And you know what? He showed me. And you know what? It's the same thing. It happened through others. You know, it was the love, the grace, that finished work. You know, you tell them your story and they go, it's cool, man. Come mm. on, We love you.
1: Yeah. When you were talking about get how you ended up at that barn, makes me think of, I used to be a really picky eater. It was a combination of the types of food I was exposed to and not having enough social opportunities to try different foods. It's like, You're around what's comfortable to you. And if you're not putting yourself out there and how many people are just randomly putting themselves out Mm. there in church, unless they have a background. But then I got this group of friends um, in high school, very different foods than what I was used to. And so I had never tried pretty much any Korean food, Vietnamese food, Chinese. Like I hadn't tried any of the authentic stuff, right? Because I got close to them and because I was always going to their homes And because I was just like, they loved me and they weren't going to try and feed me something gross and then tell me it was something else. (laughs) They told me, hey, try this. And I would try it. And my palate expanded. Mm. Now, some of those foods are my favorite foods on earth. And a lot of the foods I grew up on, I don't even have an interest in Mm. because I've been awakened to a whole different meal because people who loved me brought it to me. As far as believers are concerned, that's why it's so important for us to love on people and invite them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Saying, no, 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 like, the host is cool. No, 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 no. This is good food. Like, you might not know it, but, like, it's really good. Like, you need to show up.
0: And I ain't talking about Sunday banquet time. You know, like, like, like hold on, potluck like, time? No. Right. no. No, no, because all they do it in real life is bring carbs. I'm talking about <laughs> Jesus's food, though. It's, like, on point nutritious and builds you up. Mm, right. do you just, wait, hold on. So, you know, because we're having a conversation. Right. <laughs> Does your church tattoo, you show up and it's all carbs? Yes. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm like, we're supposed to be healthy here. We're supposed to be like <laughs> nourishing our bodies here, and you're wrecking me. It's, it's like, just comfort
2: food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, right. but it's
0: but it's like you know. But we think, and I like the analogy. I like what you're saying there. You could draw that in. I remember this girl wouldn't eat chicken, like white chicken. She's like, <gasps> or 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 steak. I would not Hold eat on. chicken. No, breasts. no, watch. But there's a reason. It was like different ways of preparation. It made me think of like how he's an angel of light, mm. right? He can be an angel of light, right? The 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 one that she was eating was like I don't know what she was eating, but she's like oh now nah, steak and ch- um, white chicken. I was like hold on let me cook it for you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I'm the you know I am the chef of the, of the house. I do all the cooking and, and I put it in front of her and she ate it and it was good. Mm. And, and and right there and it was good. The I am is good.
2: Mm, yeah, I've been speaking a lot on Mark chapter two a lot. When Jesus is walking down, like within the community and he sees the tax collector, Levi, all the, all the Jewish community is like, man, I hope he calls him out. I hope he tells him to stop taking advantage of us, to stop abusing us. And he goes and he says, follow me. Jesus didn't go to him and say, you need to fix this. You need to do this. You need to change this. He just said like, Hey, come, come hang out with me. And when he watched right. his life, that's when he was like, wait a second. I think I need to know what this guy's about. I think I need to know more of who Jesus is. And then like later yeah. in that chapter, Jesus is eating with multiple tax collectors and sinners. The, the testimony of Levi's life, of even just that small interaction, drew more people in who were like him, drew more sinners in who were like, wait a second. I think we got this guy wrong. Because he's hanging out with this guy who causes a lot of trouble. And he's not yelling at him and he's not calling him out. So what's about to happen And that? That just reminds me of this this picture of fellowship and eating, of being like, yeah. hey, like, let's just spend time together so you can get to know me. That's how Jesus is with us, I think.
1: Yeah, because Jesus's way is catching because he has that peace that you were talking about earlier and that light. He didn't start doing what Matthew was doing. He didn't start trying to act like the people he was inviting so that they would feel more at home just by being himself, mm. he reinforced the power of walking the way he was walking. Sometimes people are like, well, you know, I don't want to be too extreme, i will make them feel uncomfortable. Actually it's funny, you you cross this chasm and you end up acting so much like Christ that like they don't want anything else. Mm. Like there's this level where it's like you're in the legalism. So, yeah, it's awkward. It's weird. It makes people feel uncomfortable. And then there's the way Jesus walked where it is such abundant love that people feel like I don't want anything Mm -hmm. else. Like I want to be more like you. Forget how I was. Forget what I was doing. I'm not expecting you, Jesus, to be like me. Please, can I be more like you? Mm. Let what is good that we're eating become. You know, you are what you eat. Like, become what we're consuming. Mm.
0: I, I like how you even brought up Levi and Matthew. Uh, Levi being the Hebrew name, Matthew being the Greek name. Old Testament looking to New Testament, mm. that's forgiving. cool. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like Jesus stepped in. He's like, all right, Matthew. And Jesus called him Matthew Mm. because when he fell under him, he fell under the new covenant. You know, it's kind of like, it's really cool. It's, I I don't know, Bible nerd time. It's like, but I love that stuff. God just refreshes everything. And tax collectors, I'm telling you, they were hated. Mm. (laughs) Hated. Okay, I'm going to pump up Chosen for a second. (laughs) Because I don't know if you've seen the 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 thing at Chosen, the new The Chosen series. Mm-hmm. Oh, i am telling you, it gives you a perspective. Because I think sometimes we walk past things in the Bible, you know, like the time, you know, mm-hmm. what was going on, how a tax collector was actually treated. They hated him. Mm-hmm. He had to have guards to protect him. The Roman, because gu- he was collecting uh, taxes for the Romans. Right. From his own people. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And yeah. the people
0: were like, you're killing us, man. But then here comes Jesus. Come on, man. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm going to say with everybody. I like that. I must sit with everybody. Mm, let's just yeah. sit down because yeah. if you come to my table and you choose me, doesn't matter because you will be hated for my name. But mm. you'll have my you'll be at my table.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, there was a question you were going to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Yeah, go ahead. Go, <laughs> ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. About the <laughs> um, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Jam so, because I remember another thing you said was that they welcomed your questions. Mm. My grandma's church. Questions weren't like a thing, Mm -hmm. like questions. It was bad to question God because that meant you doubted him. Is there a link there between how you felt loved when asking those crazy questions and then the type of podcast that you decided to drop?
2: Yeah, definitely. I as I got older, I ended up going to Bible college. It's not called a Bible college anymore, but it was. I ended up getting a degree in theology and biblical studies. And I just remember working through so many things that I was like, oh my gosh, it's like more questions developed as time go by. And then thinking about all the youth that I worked with. And so being at Mm the school where my professors who love Jesus and have studied the Bible for years and years and years would say, like, ask these questions, figure out these questions. And then working with youth who go, I really like secretly struggle with blank, but I can't bring it up in church because I'll be turned away or because it Mm -hmm. won't be welcomed or because I'll be seen a certain way. And in Isaiah, it says that God dwells in eternity. Like he's so big that he dwells in eternity. He takes up infinite space. Like if that's true, doesn't that mean like he, he, is also in those places that we feel like we're trying to hide from him. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking about that, I'm looking at these students just thought, like we have to be able to walk into these questions and say, hey, this is actually where I've seen God at work in these areas of life. Mm-hmm. And so I just got tired of <laughs> of being like, man, I wish this church would like engage their youth in this way. Or man, I wish this church would talk about this on a Sunday. And I felt convicted like God was saying, like, you have a voice. Like, why don't you just do it? And so I start calling up friends and saying, hey, I know you have this super specific experience in this area. And I know mm-hmm. you talking about it will be vulnerable, but I also know a lot of other people who struggle with it. And so would you share? For whatever reason, my friend said yes. And so <laughs> it's turned into this beautiful ministry of just wrestling with God together and wrestling with these questions with the community that we love. The questions, I'm like, ooh, that's
1: a good one. But I'm like, man, she's gutsy to be there. She's bold <laughs> to be in this space because there's different camps, right? And mm-hmm. and every camp has its loyalists. And that episode with Alan was all about like, like when is it a heretic? And when is it just like, Okay, this is still open for conversation, right? Like we land well, in different or just, places. Or
0: just a messed up right. teacher. Or, me- or it's wrong, I mean, but this
1: person is not sending everyone to hell yeah, for saying, right. for thinking it this way, right? And so I think your podcast sits kind of in that area where there's always going to be tension right. because everyone's coming to the table, almost expecting the meal to be the way they they like. The chicken need to be made this way. If it's mm. not made this way, then is this Jesus? And uh and I've learned to expect perfection, but not expect I can imagine the perfection it will be when mm. I go to Christ.
0: Um, I think that there are a lot of hungry young people. Um, a lot of people. Okay. So this, there's, here's where our age is, you know, in my age group, would sit there and say this world, <laughs> I, I am so sick and tired of hearing people say millennials, I, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm in that age group of the people saying this. And I'm like, Y'all make me vomit. But, oh, sorry. I mean, Maybe that's a little hard for y'all out there. But this is real. We're talking real talk here. Hey, but, Christ spit stuff right, out right. before. I'm just saying. But it, it's like they're hungry. And if this season hasn't showed us that people are seeking. See, they just don't understand that they're seeking after the one and only thing. They can fill that void.
2: Mm.
1: Sometimes you have to look at the question underneath the question. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they ask. Yeah. And sometimes that's more interesting to answer.
0: I like that you're chasing after the youth. Mm. um because they're going to be the ones that are going to college and and we definitely see change mm-hmm. when when our young people leave leave the church and or leave the body Christ man the church thing is starting to really <laughs> like it's not for walls y'all <laughs> but <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but like but they they start to drift away from from mm-hmm. the creator they start to drift away from the healing they 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 start to drift away from the peace like you said earlier mm. You know, what would you tell someone um, that's struggling? What would you tell someone who who is in, in this struggle and and looking at two camps and saying, you know, which one should I choose?
2: Mm. I don't think you're going to find God in either camp. I think he's going to meet you somewhere where you least expect him to. I also think he's waiting for you already. I'm going to borrow words from a guy named Joshua Ryan Butler. He He says that Jesus meets us with radical embrace. And then he leads us to radical obedience. So it's not going to be easy, but the peace of God is not something that we can manufacture. And so if you're looking for real, true, lasting, deep peace, you're only going to find it in God. It's so worth laying down your rights. It's so worth dying to yourself to walk that path with God, who you will spend eternity with. It will be lonely. It will be lonely. There will be really, really hard nights and really hard days and hard weeks and hard months and hard years. But the peace of your heavenly father lasts through those. And looking back on my life, I can see that and I can feel it and I can remember those instances where I just was met with immense peace when nothing else in the world would satisfy me. Amen.
0: Eat what is good. Man, it's been an awesome episode.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was like, this is probably like one of the funnest interviews I've ever done. (laughs) Woo! We're going to like keep a tally of how many people tell us that because...
1: Yes. It's, it's, you know why? It's, it's conversation. Y'all, man. It's y'all are awesome. God. Y'all it's are just, awesome. It's, look, we're in a barn. We're like, come eat the pantry. Mm. Right? Y'all, I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have. More, even more. You can connect with us at thepantrypodcast.com with Brenna in Can I Say That? The podcast, as well as all the links we're going to put in the show notes. So until next time. Bye. Bye.